Welcome to the Tradfest podcast, brought to you by the Temple Bar Company. Hello and welcome, and this week we meet the Remedy Club. Something that I want to say There's something that I gotta do There's something that I need to explain Since we've been through Just then nothing seems to ease the pain And my tears been pouring down like rain Nothing ever gonna be the same Baby, I miss you There's nowhere that I wanna be There's nothing that I wanna do There's no one Situations out of control. Never thought a man could get this low. Well, it's rocked me to the depths of my soul. Baby, I miss you. Situations out of control. 
Well, that is one beautiful song. It's called I Miss You, and it's from the Remedy Club. And who are the Remedy Club? I thought they were B and the Honey Boy, but we'll find out for sure. Aileen Mythen and Kieran McAvoy, or KJ McAvoy, are the members of the Remedy Club. And I'm delighted that you're able to join us. Aileen and Kieran, you're both there. We sure are, yes. Yep. Coming live from Gorey and County Wexford. I was wondering what part of Wexford, because I know, Aileen, you're from Wexford, but uh, Kieran or KJ, I don't know which you prefer to be called, you're a Dublin lad and I believe very posh Dublin. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I go by the name KJ, uh, especially for this purposes of this interview, because I don't want us to get confused, uh, Kieran, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I'm from uh, Cabra, Cabra Road, which actually is the posh uh, part of Cabra. But uh, I, I say posh, uh, not, not entirely posh, but we were the middle class family. We owned our own houses. So, yeah, I, I was dragged down here uh, by Aileen, uh, kicking and screaming at first, but then I acclimatized very, very quickly, I think. Aileen, you're actually a Wexford woman yourself. Yeah, I am. I'm from Ferns originally in, in Wexford. And yeah, grew up there and left the house at 17 and <laughs> never thought I would ever return to Wexford, if I'm honest. How did you meet, by the way? Oh God. <laughs> Who's going to take this one? Uh, yeah, well, we, <laughs> we met through a, a mutual friend of ours. Um, we were doing, I was in, I'm an actress as well, and I was in the Gaty School of Acting. And a mutual friend of ours introduced us because we were doing a, a kind of a charity gig in Dublin. And KJ very kindly volunteered to be part of the band. We were doing an ABBA tribute, actually. Oh, I, I was hoping you weren't going to say that, but... <laughs> um, so yeah, we're all the dirty laundry is coming out now. Um, but we met through Tara, our mutual friend, and we completely forgot that we had met. And a year later, we got together through another mutual friend and we've been together ever since. Uh, and we've been playing music ever since. And when you did become a couple, let's say, was it, was it your intention at the time then that you would develop a career in music? Are we just singing for pleasure or had you a, a kind of a definite plan? You're going to do something with this? Well, we, we were both already professionals. I was a professional musician and Aileen was a professional actor. Um, but no, it certainly wasn't our intention to form a band together. Uh, uh, in fact, I almost had a, a kind of a, a moment where when I heard her singing blues for the first time i knew she could sing but when i heard her singing blues for the first time i had a moment of oh god what have i done because i kind of knew that we were going to end up playing together even though we, we were already in a relationship um it's we've been we're still we're still doing still it doing so we're it. obviously doing something right yeah know? there was definitely a moment because as soon as i heard kj sing i knew he was a guitar player i knew of him he played with lots of different irish artists around and i'd seen him at gigs and so I knew he was, you know, a great guitar player, but I had no idea that he sang the way he sings. I think he's the most beautiful voice. And oh, when shucks. I, when I, when I, well, it's true. And when I heard his voice for the first time singing a Steve, was it a oh, Bob Dylan song? Yeah. Um, I yeah. was pretty, I was blown away. And there was, there was that immediate thing when we started to sing together and harmonize together. It felt incredibly natural. Um, and a little bit scary, if the truth be known, I guess. Yeah, if you're going to be in a relationship, obviously it's a big commitment to be working with somebody as well. But we work really well together, actually, yeah. probably better than 
personal lives. I think we were extremely <laughs> compatible <laughs> in terms of, of music. We kind of the fights tend to happen over the dishwasher and things like that. So the lockdown wouldn't have really put too much pressure on you then because you're used to each other's company. We, we certainly are. are yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned about the harmonies there. I thought that opening song, I Miss You, was just stunning how you, your harmonies work together. It's almost familial, if you know what I mean. It just yeah. seemed to just flow so naturally between you. Do you put a lot of work into that or do you just let it flow between you? I think it's a mix of both, really. It, it certainly is a very natural thing between us. We both love harmonizing anyway. Um, and it, it feels very natural to to play together and to write songs together. It's it's just second nature, but definitely we put the work in. I mean, we work really hard. We've all, we've always both been able to harmonize. I mean, no, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying we've I've grown up uh, harmonizing to stuff. But there are certain songs that take a bit more work if you're doing an intricate harmony. But some songs are easier than others. Now you had a band called B and the Honey Boy. You're now called the Remedy Club. So what changed or why changed the name? Yeah, we started off as a blues band called the um, Bee and the Honey Boy, named after the blues legend um, Honey Boy Edwards. And um, it just, as we began to write more and um, kind of move away from the blues a little bit, it just naturally evolved, I would say. The, the style of music changed and leaned kind of more into the roots Americana style. Um, and I think also personally, we were there was a lot of changes happening. We became parents for the first time and it just felt like the right thing to do that we kind of needed to almost rebrand. Um, and as our, our music was changing, we thought maybe it's a good idea to change the name and just the word remedy. I don't it just kind of came to us. It was um, came to you. Eileen. Yeah, it, it came to me and I'm not sure that it was even a conscious thing, but it felt like the right word to describe how we've always felt about music. It's always been a remedy for us, always a joy. And um, that constant source of just, I suppose that place that we've always just tried to, we've lost ourselves in it in order to find ourselves in a way and um, through music. So it, it felt like a, the right kind of name, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful name. And a few questions from that actually, uh, when you say you changed your style, that you were bluesy originally, and then you changed it to more Americana. Was that a conscious thing or did you, did you evolve into that? It was a bit of both, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I've loved blues since uh, probably since I was about 12 or 13, I would say. Um, but I've also always loved country music, uh, as in like the Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, uh, those kind of people. And then later on, Steve Earle and so Lucinda Williams. Um, so I've, I've, I've a love for blues and country and rock and roll um, roots music, basically. Uh, and also Aileen was starting to feel a little bit limited just just singing just blues. We both still love blues, um, but she was feeling a little limited in, in, within the genre. So we just naturally felt like we wanted to do something slightly different. Uh, and then we kind of decided, well, why don't we try a more rooty kind of a approach in general? And definitely it, it evolved then naturally with the songwriting. I think that's a big thing when you when you're writing your own material, it kind of just takes on a style of its own, really. And sometimes you just don't know what's going to come out. And for many years, I know we were both very conflicted and very confused, I would say, about the style that we wanted to go that that road that we wanted yeah. to go down because we love so many different genres. And I think in our music, you, you know, you're going to hear rock, you're going to hear folk um, even I don't know, elements of jazz maybe sometimes. Um, and I think that's okay, you know, and certainly country. Um, but we describe it more as a, an Americana rootsy type of country. 
Um, but I think it's okay. We've kind of let ourselves off the hook now to say it's okay that we like many yeah. different types of, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's okay. yes. we don't need to put ourselves into a box. Yeah, yeah, that that, that does carry its own pressure, all right. And it is, it is self-limiting, I suppose, when you're writing. Can I just ask you about then your backgrounds, your musical backgrounds, uh, KJ, the word McAvoy, the name McAvoy, I think I know maybe certainly a member of your family for sure. Yes, you. I'm sure you do. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you've met Eleanor, my sister. Yes, um, I have indeed, yeah. Oh, very good, yeah. She spoke but, to us on this uh, podcast last year. Actually, I just found it very interesting oh, speaking really? when she spoke about her, her musical background that you you mentioned your own sort of background there, but it wasn't yeah. unlike aliens here. And I'll talk to you in a second about that alien, but mm -hmm. it doesn't seem as if it was quite as in, encouraged, let's say, uh, when you were growing up that you should be on the road as professional musicians. Would I be right <laughs> or wrong on that? Yeah, uh, certainly we weren't encouraged to be professional musicians, but we mm -hmm. were encouraged musically. Play music, yeah. Age. Like our dad was a, he was he was a bit of a Renaissance man um, and quite a contradiction in a lot of ways. But he was a fantastic painter and artist, um, and he loved classical music. Had a huge vinyl uh, classical music collection. Um, so we were always like we we learned piano. Eleanor learned violin, obviously from a very young age. Um, I yeah. met Eleanor in a, a little place called Tagot one time. We were down there yeah, making we were making a radio program actually and she was playing traditional fiddle with the band in there. Did you ever have a go yeah. at that yourself? Well I, I do back tunes on the guitar, yeah. Um and I love doing that. And I, I love when when uh trad music is done right, it's absolutely beautiful. Um there's such a, a swing in the music that I love. I was also very good friends with Gavin Ralston. Uh, oh, brilliant, yeah. Uh, God rest him. Um, God rest him as well. Who was a master of many styles of guitar, but Trad being particularly mm -hmm. one. And he showed me a few tricks here and there as well, you know. Aileen, your musical background is very, very different from what I can gather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very different. We're almost the opposites <laughs> in most <laughs> ways, really. But yeah, I came from a very musical family. Um, both my parents sang and played instruments. Um, so it was a very natural thing. I grew up listening to music everywhere. It was it was just part of my life. When my mother was pregnant with me, she was out on the road gigging. Um, my dad would listen to Hank Williams and Patsy Cline and the Beatles. That was the first song I ever learned was a Beatles song. So I had a real eclectic taste of music, definitely. Um, and then because of the acting career, went into doing some musical theatre. Uh, then met this chap here and <laughs> things changed a bit. I mean, I had never, although I loved blues music and grew up listening to it through my parents, I never knew that I could sing in that way. It was just incredible to me because it is such a natural, it's, it's just such a natural way for me now, singing roots music, blues music. Um, and I don't know why that is. It's It's the most natural thing. It's just, I really feel it very strongly. Um, so I really, when I met KJ, I, I started to sing a lot more blues type songs, which I found extraordinary because she 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 said to me she'd never sung that style before, and I said, "Well, how are you able to sing it so brilliantly?" And it's still a mystery to me. I don't know how that's even possible because to me, you gotta you know you gotta work on it a bit, even if you have it naturally. But no. Yeah, I think I was I was here a few times before, I think, maybe. I yeah, don't know. Possibly. <laughs> uh, when I when I mentioned about your parents, I mean, you, you, you spoke about them being musicians, but they were professionals in what they worked at, but they were also on the road. Uh, was Were they on the show band scene at one stage? 
Yeah, I mean, they weren't necessarily a show band themselves, mm -hmm. but yeah, they were around at that time and they had their full time jobs. I mean, my, my mother was an insurance broker and my dad worked in the county hall in Wexford. Um, so I, it's extraordinary, especially now that I'm a parent. I really don't understand how they did it because they had their full time nine to five, nine to six jobs. And then they came home in the evenings and they would prepare and get ready and head out on the road and go gigging. And we were, were pulled really, up to really my Auntie Mary's one. house and they, they were they were gigging sometimes seven days a week. Did you ever get a chance, let's say, as a teenager or anything like that to kind of travel with them or see what they were doing? Uh, yes, I, I definitely sang with them. Yeah, I made a few appearances and I mean, I loved it, but I was just extraordinarily nervous every time I, I had to do that. I found it the most nerve wracking thing. So it's kind of funny that I ended up doing it as my full time job. Uh, although I do still get nervous. That's fantastic. It's a fantastic background to have, actually, uh, just that your parents were there before. Did they give you any advice, by the way? They were really encouraging, I have to say. Um, uh, you know, a different story to, to Kieran's parents. I mean, I was very lucky that way. They knew, I, I guess they just saw how much I loved it and I had a passion for it and it was a very natural thing. So they were really encouraging. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, they've given me pieces of advice over the years um, and certainly have been a huge influence. I mean, the other day I was actually just looking at some little bits of clippings that they had and little bits of fan mail that they, they had and press releases. And it that's, <laughs> it's kind of a bit mad, really, the way it just the circle just keeps on going. That, that now that's exactly what I'm doing. And so they definitely had an influence. Yeah. What instruments did you learn or what did you work on? Yeah, God, I feel so bad even thinking about this because I did all the grades in piano. Um, although I had a teacher who was, oh God, what, what words can we use here? I mean, her, <laughs> yeah, that might be one word. You know, I mean, her method of teaching me, for example, was to make myself hit myself every time I got a note wrong. And I wasn't ever allowed to look at the piano. She would have the, the book underneath my, my chin so that I could never, I had to feel around and I could never look at it so although I had a love for music and it was always there naturally I wouldn't have to practice that much I would just be able to play kind of pretty quickly I wouldn't you know didn't have to put the time in I think I lost my joy for it a little bit you know through that method of teaching um, and then I joined the orchestra in my school and played clarinet um, my dad is a wonderful guitar player and he taught me guitar but that never ended up well because <laughs> I do lack a bit of patience I have to say um, and if something, I mean, I've been lucky with with singing because it's just there, and obviously I practice. And but your voice is your is your main instrument. But that would be my my instrument now, and yeah, and I, I love rhythm. I I took up the bass for a while, but that never went. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've tried everything here, and I just... a trail a trail of destruction there of instruments. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I do have to give her a kudos though for the for her rhythmic uh, abilities because um, I know it sounds ridiculous just to a lot of people, but she's an excellent tambourine player. <laughs> but that is that is highly. Um, underrated because uh, there's a way to play the tambourine um, and she does it in the studio and uh, it's just really good. Uh, a lot of people don't know how to do it. But she's <laughs> got amazing. Decent to be a Kieran. 
Yeah, that's very decent. I mean, there's not many people that like to listen to a tambourine solo now, in fairness. So I don't know how that's going to uh, pan out, really. Yeah, I think we'll go. move away from the, the subject of tambourine playing. But thank okay. you, AJ. I do. Any compliment I get, I'm taking it this weather. Thank okay, you. yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, I get that. By the way, I, I want to talk to you about your songwriting and, you know, the song choices that you work with. But there's a song called Sweet Symphony that you released. I think was it last year. What's that song about and who, where did, you, where did it actually emerge from? Yeah, well, we both wrote this song. Um, it's it's very much a country rock song. Um, and... I, had the, I had the guitar riff initially. It's a um, just a kind of a rocky Steve Earle ish kind of a, a vibe to it. Uh, and Alien just heard it and wrote the words. Yeah, I mean, it's to me, it's it's very much a song about just that longing for inner peace and finding that kind of that authenticity within ourselves, really, and and the idea of looking for that sweet thing that pure joy feeling without something or somebody providing it for you you know just trying to find that that feeling of pure joy let's embrace that feeling of pure joy now with listening to sweet mm. symphony Talking drought, expecting rain. You say you want it good, but you still complain and justify any way you can. Waiting for divinity to strike. I sit in my own company and ponder on this life. Silence of my own 
Wow, that's a very big sounding song. Sweet Symphony there from the Remedy Club. And I'm delighted to be with Aileen Mythen and KJ McAvoy, who are the Remedy Club. But there was a lot more uh, taking part in that song there, uh, KJ. So question for me is, have you a preference for having the big band sound or the beauty of just the two voices and guitar? It's to be honest with you, it's really both. Uh, we love both. Um, if you had to press me particularly, uh, I would come down on the side of having a band. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I always wanted to do from from, you know, when I was 15 or 16, I wanted to be in a band. And I just uh, I just love the way it sounds. It, it, it excites me um, just about more than anything else. Uh, but I st- having done the acoustic thing with Alien for years, we're, we're, we I think we got it down. We toured quite a bit with it, um, and it takes it's a lot more pressure, and it takes a lot more work because uh, everything like I'm the only instrumentalist when it's just the two of us, so there's more pressure. But you know, I actually let's, enjoy I'm that. Sorry, now. No, but let's not forget about the tambourine. We oh, exactly. <laughs> was in my head there now when he said that. That there you go. You undo it all, KJ. <laughs> <laughs> He obviously doesn't take me seriously at all. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, God, I, I find it hard to pick one or the other um, because they're so different. But I mean, look, when we went over, we recorded this in, in Ray Kennedy's studio in Nashville, um, that particular song. It's the opening track to True Hand, True Heart, our album. And that feeling, I, I don't think I will ever forget that feeling of just when, you know, Ray presses the record button mm. and when the band started playing, it was incredible. Why did you go to Nashville to record it? It was all about the producer. It was all about uh, our friend Ray. Um, we, you know, when we changed the name of the band and we, we just kind of thought, okay, we need to, we really need to zone in on, on our genre here and our style and work with people who we, who understand that genre very well. And we are great admirers of, of Ray's. Um, if for anybody who doesn't know Ray, he's he's worked on most of Steve Earle's albums, he's produced them and he's worked a lot with Lucinda Williams. I mean, he's worked with a list of people. He's got, Willie he's got Nelson. Five, five Grammys for, for his work in, in recording. I mean, so I, the way we came about him actually was very simply, I just got a lot of our favorite albums out on the floor and just was going through them and, and who mixed them and who was involved in them and kept coming across this guy, Ray Kennedy, you know, and I emailed him <laughs> good old fashioned way. and. Most people, I, I can't get most people to email me back, um, but Ray immediately got back and he heard some tracks that I had sent to him. And this was going back actually to our original, our first album, Lovers, Legends and Lost Causes. And at that stage, we had already recorded these songs, but we wanted somebody to mix them for us and master. And, and that's what he did. And, and he said at the time that, you know, we immediately had a rapport. We just got on so well with him and had just a natural understanding and he suggested producing the next album. So we always wanted, we had that in the back of our heads and we, we wanted to make that happen. And we were very lucky. We had a funded campaign and we managed to get over in the nick of time before all of this craziness began. From the point of view for creative people, and, and as I mentioned to yourselves uh, uh, earlier on, uh, the fact that you're a couple, you were used to each other's company probably during this lockdown. And you, oh, I meant to ask you actually, you do have a daughter, what's her name? Layla. Well, her full title, actually, Kieran, <laughs> is Layla K. McAvoy. So she's set up yeah, for the country, country genre. roots genre. Yeah. But yeah, she's um, she's five and uh, she's named after, well, the K comes from her grandmother. And she, 
unfortunately or fortunately depending on your point of view but probably will uh, she's a natural singer uh, and a natural performer without a doubt well sure uh, that was only to be expected really but the reason i ask you that then that you're you're in this bubble at home and i presume she hasn't been at school so you're all there around how do you manage the creative process in that unit <laughs> that is a good question um, it's been really difficult there's no other way of, of saying it because she is the type of child as well she demands your full attention she's like a little firecracker and full of personality and creativity and a lot of energy so it's been challenging definitely to try and, and, and find that space because I think to be creative and certainly to write songs it requires space you know first of all um, and we haven't had a lot of that. So it's been challenging, but the main thing has been really just to keep us all healthy, safe, you know, stable. Mm-hmm. I mean, genuinely, it's it's really, it has become about the very small things in life now and, and trying to find the joy mm-hmm. in the smallest of things. Is the plan then to pick up maybe from where you left off and to actually make that move to, pr- to promote the new album whenever we're ready to kind of get back on the road with bands? Yeah, well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to hop on a plane to London because (laughs) that literally will be the very first thing we're going to do because during this year, there certainly has been many green lights and many good things that have happened. And some of those things have been signing to our new management team, um, Nick Stewart and Associates and Neil O'Brien Entertainment. He's now our booking agent in London. Um, We've signed with the Cartel Distribution in London. So it's kind of crazy because we've never met these people, you know, all these, it's just, I mean, we feel like we know them intimately through Zoom calls, but we've never physically met them. And that, I can't even imagine what that's going to be like to sit down and have some food and a few drinks and finally meet the team, you know, and it's just going to be amazing. That is exciting though then, isn't it? We were actually, we were on our way, we were about to to hop on a plane to London actually um, this time last year, just before, whenever, sorry, beginning of March. And we were playing Country to Country Festival in the O2 Arena in London. And we were, as you can imagine, we were so excited about that. You know, it was going to be a big thing. We were meeting a lot of people at that time and the album um, was just coming out and it, it, it was a very exciting time for us. And... There was that initial shock, definitely, where we, you know, we were just, the disappointment of not being able to do that gig and having to cancel all the tours was huge. But then, of course, we all realized, you know, this is this is way beyond us. This is a, a global thing here, and you know, and obviously, we all know what happened next. But um, yeah, so it is it is exciting. We can't wait to meet these new friends, and obviously, to get in front of an audience is our main. Yeah, and we have tentatively booked gigs for um, September, October in the UK, which really, we really miss a lot, just playing in front of people. That That's that's really it for me personally. Yeah. I mean, I love writing and I love being in the studio, but playing live in front of people is just everything. It's everything. Really. It's that we always appreciated that. There's no, no doubt yeah. about that. But now more than ever, I think everybody's realizing that that other component that other element that makes that magical night happen when it, at a live gig is it's the audience. Literally, the energy. And yeah. you can see that from watching the the live stream gigs. We did two gigs with Mandolin.com in the US, and they were, although they were fantastic, we we made sure that the quality of sound and picture were high quality, and we were very happy with the reaction. It's still not the same thing. It's never going to be the same thing because you're missing 
that vital component and that's the audience and that's it's that relationship between audience and artists that makes the magic yeah well we certainly wish you the best with that there's a couple of questions just before we go that comes from this the end of this conversation actually is you've mentioned london you've mentioned the uk tour you have management in london you have a booking agent over there what does that mean for your irish dates and irish gigs or plans yeah, well, we certainly hope to do an Irish tour as well. Um, yeah, we'll be we're looking at maybe it's it's very hard to plan anything right now. Um, I yeah. guess is the problem. Yeah. I mean, we're hoping for maybe November. There's also the danger, of course, that everybody else will be looking to fill that time between exactly. whatever November exactly. and January. Yeah, and that's why. Yeah. I mean, you do have to at least start planning just to, to yeah. keep yourself sane. If nothing else, you do have to put something in place. You know, we're going to finish on a song. Tell us about it. This song is called "I Survived," and um, it's taken from our new album "True Hand, True Heart." And we're re-releasing this actually at the end of the month on, on the thirtieth of April. Um, and it is a song about, as the title suggests, survival and facing those challenges and curveballs that that life often throws at us. Uh, which is particularly apt at the moment um, and finding that strength within ourselves that I honestly don't think a lot of people realize we have until our backs are, are up against the wall. Um, and it's also about bridging that gap between what the world sometimes expects of us and what our true desires are underneath all of that. If, if you just shut out all of the noise, what is it that we, we truly want? So this is I Survived. Before we listen to it, you do have a website, I believe, and we can kind of get a bit more news about you on there. We sure do. Yeah, the website is theremedyclub.ie and we're on all of the, the social uh, platforms for our sins. And uh, yeah, we've actually got some vinyl coming out on the 30th of April as well. So um, there's a few things in the pipeline, which is exciting. So check out your website. Well, Aileen Mythen and KJ McAvoy, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you both. Thanks very much, Kieran. Likewise. It's been really lovely. Thank you so much, Kieran. Thanks Pleasure. for having us.
Thank you for listening to the Tradfest podcast. For more information on Tradfest, go to tradfest.ie. Tradfest is brought to you by the Temple Bar Company.